0: Hello and welcome to another episode of my Synergy Autism podcast. My name is Barbara Avila and I'm really glad you're here. Today, I am doing one of my mini podcasts and I'm calling it Get Rid of Wait and See. Now, let me explain. So, I used to think the wait and see approach only affected little ones before the age of, say, two or three years old. Parents bringing their children in with concerns about social engagement and savvy medical professionals stating that the child is still within normal limits, so let's wait and see. The hope being that the child would outgrow the lack of engagement, not yet saying words or having what seemed like extreme reactions to sensory information. I did think it was tragic, and still do, that children were then hitting preschools and kindergarten with pretty significant delays and undue stress that may have been alleviated by being served earlier with appropriate interventions. However, the longer I have now been in the field, the more I see the long-term effects of this wait-and-see approach, the hesitancy to diagnose or even mention autism, affects teens and adults and their families, by the way, later. And we really need to be attending to those downstream issues that we are causing. I currently have two young adults and one teen whose parents engage teachers, counselors, and medical per- personnel personnel <laughs> at different points along their child's development. Reviewing their records, you can see the trail of comments from their very engaged and caring professionals documenting the right things, sensory sensitivities, anxiety, and social challenges, but not mentioning autism. These young people were and are so good at complying, making eye contact and just making it in conversation, aka masking, by the way, that autism is dismissed rather than mentioned. The result is that they either manage to graduate high school or drop out due to severe sensory overload, bullying, or you know what, simply not finding it meaningful. They then do not have the flexibility, the decision-making skills, or the social confidence to work or go to college or live on their own. We are doing a huge disservice to so many children and families with this wait-and-see approach. I think we need to figure out at least mentioning autism earlier as a possibility, as a preliminary diagnosis, or simply a referral to appropriate resources for for the parents. Now, I imagine a world where the word autism is not such a scary word. We currently end up avoiding it as professionals, and I believe that we can get to a place where we can recognize it as a neurodiversity with a potential for serious sensory and social challenges. We can then address it accordingly, not as a disease to be cured, but as a difference in processing, needing sensory and social guidance and support. Children who are showing early signs of delays in social engagement can and should receive family education and support. In my experience, most parents want more information and stand ready to alleviate that sensory overload. And with information, they can increase manageable social practice regardless of age as well. Now, I have now met too many Adolescents in the juvenile correction sen- system as well, and adults in the adult correction system who could have had appropriate guidance early and have reduced their feeling ostracized, bullied, and needing to turn to drugs, alcohol, or joining the wrong crowds, either by choice or by association. When those who do not understand assume they are manipulative versus experiencing sensory stress behavior, they might place someone in education and treatment facilities that are not very well suited to them. Trauma-informed care may very well be an excellent direction for some autistic individuals, but it must be coupled with visual and concrete modifications. If someone feels that their child may have symptoms of autism at any age... And you're listening to this podcast, do not wait for diagnosis. For it's just a label. Take the reins and give support and practice consistent that is consistent and common f- with autism interventions. You it's kind of cool. You can't hurt a child by providing sensory support and social practice. Good autism interventions are actually good for all children. It will help regardless of diagnosis. And if you're a professional in the field, share your concerns early, not to label, but to help loved ones learn, understand, and support as soon as parents are asking and when you notice concerns or differences. Please note, as many of you may already know, because you know me, but I need to restate, I am not talking about getting a child in ABA services early applied behavior analysis. I'm actually not a fan of what a strictly behavioral lens can do to a person, and it frankly doesn't make a lot of sense to me with the core issues being social engagement related. I'm talking about decreasing the sensory overload a child is experiencing as well as giving practice in early fundamental and foundational social engagement. For more information, my book might just be the help you're looking for. My book is titled Seeing Autism, Connection Through Understanding and is due out July 15th of this year, 2021. So until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Synergy Autism Podcast, where we bring research, information, and people together to best understand and love those with autism, also known as autistic individuals. Check out my website for lots of additional links, like my Facebook account, Instagram account, blogs that I have written, videos, and even courses that are both free and some that I have labored with some wonderful colleagues um, to produce just for you. And contact me with questions and ideas for future podcasts. I'm here. I'm listening. Till next time.